I just felt this like desire that I just, I had to stop giving everybody my, the best of me. Like I had to do something for myself because I was not being paid the way I wanted to. I wasn't getting promoted the way I wanted to. I wasn't working in the times or like in the environment that I wanted to. Welcome to episode number 49 of the Become a Media Maven podcast. Today, I am so lucky to have two guests, Abigail and Emily from Boss Project. Boss Project was formerly known as Think Creative Collective, and the ladies also have an amazing podcast called The Strategy Hour Podcast. I was on their podcast a few months ago, and I've been following Abigail and Emily since I started my business back in the day before they were Boss Project, when they were Think Creative Collective. And I think you are going to love this episode. They talked to us about how they both started as local business owners. One was a photographer. The other one started a web design and branding company. And then they met each other, and they paired up and they created this online magic together and they don't just have an amazing podcast but they have an amazing website they have amazing courses they have amazing resources where they are sharing all of their knowledge including how to start a local business and then take it online why you should always be focused on service even if you are a product-based business why you should always be starting with service. We get into how they grew their business and so much more. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Abigail and Emily from Boss Project. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Abigail and Emily, welcome to the Become a Media Maven podcast. Hello. We're so excited to be here. I'm glad you're here. You had me on your podcast, and I'm glad not just to have you on my podcast because I love you ladies, but also this is the first time three people have been on the podcast at the same time. Hi, we're going to quiz you later on whose voice is whose. No, it is tricky. Like honestly, when I listen when I listen to you girls, I'm like, I don't know which is which. <laughs> it's okay. We eventually become one person. Yep. That's so funny. Okay, so you guys have been known for over three years as Think Creative Collective on online and on the airwaves. You recently transitioned to Boss Project. If people yep. don't know you and what you do, please fill them in, and then we're going to break down on how you started, how you grew to what you are, and how other people can do the same. Yeah. So... We help small business owners from all over the world create profitable online businesses. Now, for many years, we've taught people of all shapes and sizes, um, whether they had brick and mortar services or clients um, or physical products, like how to do that in an online setting. And recently, we really got back into our roots and have been focusing on helping the service-based entrepreneur grow their online business and what it takes to take it, perhaps I would even venture to guess, from a local setting 
to online. And tell me why you decided to go this route. You're really niching down. Tell me why. Well, so <laughs> Abby says it's getting back to our roots in the sense that that, I mean, that's how we started our business. That's how we got off the ground. And we can definitely dive deeper into our philosophies of how we think people should start, um, their own business and the, and the most profitable route to do that. Um, but over the years, you know, we've kind of done the wave that a lot of business owners do and they start in their small kind of own niche circle of audience and the thing that they know how to do. And then they kind of pivot and they grow and realizing that we were really obsessed with learning a lot for small business owners and then turning around and teaching it. But what we kind of got as a rude awakening in 2017 was that that really wasn't sustainable. And so it took us a couple of years to really figure out, okay, this is what we've built and this is what we currently have. Do we set up better systems to, to keep this kind of big machine afloat? And so we did that for a while. Um, or do we really go back to our roots and niche down to the exact business owner that we were back in the day when this all got started and try that on for size? And I think that that ebb and flow of a small business and of a creative business um, is made because of this online space. And it's because of there are so many people out there who are willing to support and learn from other small businesses that depending on the season of life that you're in, depending on what you've got going on in your own personal life and in the goals that you have for your business, you get to decide kind of the outreach that your own business has. Mm -hmm. And so we're now just in a different season, I guess. Yeah. And it's not to say that we haven't and won't continue to serve the greater creative entrepreneur environment. I mean, we have a thriving Facebook group and we love like bringing on experts of all kinds on our own podcast, The Strategy Hour. So I don't think that's going to change. Um, but, you know, some of our some of the things have gotten more specific for sure. And I love that you talk about you're going back to focus on who we were when we started, because I think that's the best people to learn from for sure, because you've been there, done that. So there's nobody better to teach. So with that said, can you guys kind of like go way back and talk to me about how you started and how you actually became a duo? Well, I think to start properly, Emily needs to tell you about why she quit college. <laughs> I didn't quit college. Well, you quit grad school, but I, I was, it was, school. it was, it was, it was a bigger shock if I said college. So <laughs> guys, I, I am a college graduate, um, but barely, that's a whole other story. Uh, so I, I left the four year college art school realm and got somehow got accepted to graduate school. And two weeks before classes were going to start, I <laughs> dropped out and I walked away and I moved back home and I actually moved in with my Nana. I had kind of this crisis of like, well, what the hell? I just spent four years doing something I really wasn't even that good at um, in the college atmosphere why am I going to set myself up to continue to do that if it doesn't really serve me? And so I moved back home and then it was, you know, the normal like, okay, well, what do I do now? And having part-time jobs and trying to get a job with an art degree was very interesting. Um, and so I did, you know, what everyone does. And I started my own cupcake business. That's adorable. Um, <laughs> and so it was the like, you know, craze of, 
like cupcakes, right? And just like very gourmet niche cupcakes. And so I started this in the back of my uncle's restaurant without a health permit and was <laughs> like, this is what's going to take me, you know, to the top and it's going to be great. And it turns out I love like really love eating cupcakes, but am not that great at making them and then delivering them and then building a business around that. And so for like a year or so, it was cupcakes and then a part-time job at a bakery and then doing odd jobs and then picking up my camera and kind of doing some stuff really before I was like, what are you doing? Just go to the thing that you really know how to do and start charging for it. Mm -hmm. And so it was about um, 2013 going into 2014 that I really started taking my photography business seriously and actually called it a business and started setting up, you know, systems and getting legal and all of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's well, very cool. And just so everybody knows, that's Emily talking. Emily yeah, is that the was one. She's the one with the photography business. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And where was yeah. this? Where were you living at the time? I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay. So a very thriving town and very great creative community. Um, yeah, just kind of doing my own thing, figuring things out as I went, learning a lot, you know, spending nights on Pinterest and blogging, like reading blogs and really trying to learn how to take this whole thing seriously and how to set myself apart from, you know, moms with the camera or people who were not getting paid an actual living wage doing photography. Um, I wanted to kind of like actually make a living doing what I loved. So. Okay. And so how long did you do photography before you met Abigail? So I did photography up until I met and even after we joined forces. So I'll kind of skip forward a little bit and then Abby can go back with what she was doing at that time. Um, cause it was something entirely different than what I was doing. So I was kind of like figuring out my own self, learning, marketing, learning, selling, growing this photography business. And then in 2015, I kind of transitioned to work with, uh, some more kind of lifestyle bloggers and other creatives in my community. I would do styled shoots for their blog. And when they would work with brand partners, I would help them style that and photograph it for, you know, their campaigns. And then I realized when I was campaigning with them and, you know, stylizing this, this Valentine's brunch setup for Marshall's or whatever, um, I was giving very unsolicited advice to these small business owners about, uh, you know, how crappy their Instagram was, or, you, you know, you haven't even, you don't even have an email list. Like, what are you doing? Here's what you can do over here. And really just word vomiting a lot of strategy, basically taking everything I was learning and like, let me use it somehow by telling other people what they could be doing better in their business. And then people started paying me for that. And then I made a little program kind of, of about that for photographers. And then Abby appeared in my life. How did you guys meet? Well, before we get there, I think I should give you a little bit of background on how we even ended up in the same place at the same time. But yes, I, but first I, you go, go back, <laughs> Abigail. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's important to know that when Emily and I both finished school, we were pretty much at the height of the recession. I'm going to guess a lot of your listeners can relate and, you know, deciding where and how and when to get a job was just, I mean, there was no deciding. It was, if you could make money doing anything, you were thankful. Um, And so I was thrilled that the company I had interned for in college hired me. Now to put it in perspective, my salary, my first year, um, 
was less than I spent on Facebook ads in the last 30 days. So <laughs> I'm just saying like it was, it was just, it was a little sad, but I used that opportunity and I learned a lot. I went from agency life to corporate life. Um, and somewhere along the way, learned a lot about nonprofits and then eventually working in-house with an in-house marketing team. Um, my last step before leaving it all behind was working for a startup and I just had this like itch in the back of my, you know, I just felt this like desire that I just, I had to stop giving everybody my, the best of me. Like I had to do something for myself because I was not being paid the way I wanted to. I wasn't getting promoted the way I wanted to. I wasn't working in the times or like in the environment that I wanted to. Um, and whether fate would have it or I wished myself into this position, I was given the pink slip and had 30 days to find another job. So instead of doing what everyone told me I should be doing and actually talking to the recruiters that were hunting me down because I had excellent experience. I told all of them no and asked my husband if I could spend 30 days trying to get clients for my first business. Um, and I started a web design and branding company. Um, and in 30 days completely replaced my corporate salary. No. And in Two months, I met Emily. That program that she mentioned, we, um, I actually mentioned that I was going to do a webinar for the thing. I had no idea, but it, it didn't matter. I was, just, I just wanted to start talking to people. So I told them I was going to do my first webinar. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, Emily swooped in. She's like, girl, you, I clearly, got you. you don't know what you're doing. I've done this one other time. So I'm, I'm an obviously an expert. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, let me just help you. Like she was just going to help with like tech and stuff. The next thing I knew she had driven, you know, the four hours to come visit me in Kansas city. And we were brainstorming about all that we wanted out of this creative landscape and where we wanted to go and what our dreams were like. And we've never felt so aligned. Um, and we decided at the end of that conversation that regardless of what happened, that we liked each other way too much to be each other's competitors. And so we just started working together like mad dogs. And within two months of that, went into business together. And then four months of that, we'd reached our first six figures as a service-based business and then double, no, eight months of that and then doubled it four months later. Yeah. So our first full calendar year of working together, we were bringing in over $200,000 in service-based business. Shut up. Okay. Let's go back with the money, honey. First, <laughs> Abigail, you uh -huh. said in your first month of your web design and branding company, you already replaced your salary. How did you do that? Well, I think it's not as complicated as people think. And we dive a lot into this into our workshop that we're going to invite you to at the end of this podcast. But I knew that to be successful, it didn't matter if I had the perfect website. It didn't matter if I had the best portfolio. It didn't matter um, really anything. All I needed was the right connections. All I needed was the right people to talk to. And so I spent that entire month talking to every single person I knew 
and asking them who they knew would be the perfect person to work with me. I love that. Okay, so now yeah. let's go, let's fast forward a little bit from there to making a ridiculous amount of money four mm-hmm. months in and then a double ridiculous amount of money after another four months. How did you guys do that together? And how were you making the money? What were you selling? Because now you're a duo. Now you're bringing yeah. different expertise together all under the services umbrella. So tell me how you were making the money and what you were actually selling and who you were selling to. Yeah. So to take Abby's knowledge of like, I just need to know the right people. I need to have connections. Let me talk to you and you and you and you. She's very, very good at that and has been from the beginning. So we use that as a lot of leverage. And we use what I used in my photography businesses. It doesn't really matter who you are, but I can sell you anything and you're going to spend a shit ton of money as long as I make you feel really good about the thing that I'm selling you. And so we combined kind of both of those forces, like get in front of the right people and then make a really dreamy experience for them. And there's a lot of other pieces that kind of go into that, but that's really a lot of what we relied on that first year of business. Let's talk to right people. Let's make them very excited about the possibilities of what, a new brand could give them, a new website could give them, product photos, lifestyle images of them could give them. What could that unlock for their business? Let's paint this amazing picture and then sell an amazing package and then really, really deliver a high quality product, a really VIP experience. And so we did that. We were working with uh, lifestyle bloggers, essential oil sellers, pickles, salsas companies, like anyone you could think of if they were like the type of person we wanted to work with. And this comes down to like, you know, are you meeting your clients in person? Are you vetting them first? Are you having that kind of deeper connection at the top of your relationship? Then really it's going to go really smooth. You're going to deliver and they're going to really love their, their end result. So we just relied on on a lot of those tactics that first year to score really high-end clients doing the thing that we already knew how to do. And where were you finding these high-end clients? Because you both lived in different cities. And <laughs> yep. for you to do photography, you kind of have to be there. So how was this working out? So Emily came and visited a lot. Yep. Um, we also had people ship things to her quite frequently. Yep. Um, and... You know, as far as finding them, I think the key that people forget often, and I love telling them, is they already know their first client, and they already have the right contacts to fill up their roster, like, completely. Um, So, for me, like, I was like, who do I know that is talking to the right people all the time? Mm-hmm. And at the time, that meant someone else doing exactly what we were doing. So how did we fill up our client roster? Referrals from another person in the exact same industry who is mm-hmm. way too busy. I like that because I'm all about collaboration and not competition. And that's exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Very, very cool. Okay, so you're doing this. Were you guys getting like burnt out? Because it's just the two of you and that's a lot of work. I I mean, (laughs) yes and no. Like, I mean, long story short, y'all know that we don't do services anymore. But I think think for a lot of people, what we did, we could have done for another decade easily. Like, if that's what we wanted to do, if we were in love with the service we were providing – I definitely think we could could have sustained it. Now, I think some people are going to have a desire for more, and that's where our heads went, and that's where our desire went. 
But for some people, like if you mm. could bring home a hundred thousand a year working with, you know, maybe one or two clients a month, like, would you really complain? Right. Well, and we, you know, we had to have a long conversation about, you know, going back to that very first conversation we had on the floor of Abby's office when we first met, you know, we daydreamed and what kind of business do we have and what kind of life do we want? And, you know, what do we want to be doing in five years, 10 years and and moving forward? And honestly, like we're at a fork in the road with our service-based business of whether we could scale it, we could go the agency model, we could hire on designers and photographers and copywriters, et cetera, and build a multi-million dollar agency. No problem. We absolutely absolutely could do that. We had the skills to do it. We could learn things to do it. And that would be fine. It didn't really like sound that fun to us. And we had one measly course at the time. And we said, you know, what if we just scale this instead? And like, what if we go into more of the online space and working internationally with students and growing an audience and doing all of these other fun things? We didn't necessarily know what that would look like yet. Is it resources? Is it a podcast? Is it courses? Like it could have been anything at that time. But Mm -hmm. we just ran with the one thing that we had created that had sold. So we knew we had an audience for it and decided, okay, if it's the seven figure or multi seven figure business that we're after, we can go this way or we can go that way. And we decided to go digital. Very cool. Now tell me about sales because you can do the marketing and that's great. But at some point you have to have a sales conversation with these people. And I know for me, when I started my business, it was something that was so foreign to me. Yeah. So talk to me about like actual sales, like contacting a person, especially when you're working with these higher level organizations and companies, there's a gatekeeper that you got to get through. There's mm-hmm. a conversation that you need to start. And then there's like, okay, now sign this contract on the dotted line. How did y'all go about that? Well, I think part of it is, you know, it's really about relationships you could be mesmerized and mystified by the fact that someone's the CEO of a company or whatever, like the head of marketing. But spoiler alert, if you're like selling something and you're running your own business, so are you like you are the head of marketing, you are the CEO. So why is it any different if they're more established or not? Um, I think part of that was you have to let go of some barriers. I think in service, you can end up in a lot of different situations. And uh, for us in particular, it meant, you know, sometimes working with people that were twice our age. But what does that matter? Like we have more experience and knowledge about this specific piece that we can sell them and give them. And it doesn't matter how old they are. It doesn't matter that they're running this massive business. They haven't tapped into this yet and they need what we have to offer. So I think first truly believing in the value of what you're selling, because if you don't, if you don't think it has inherent value, you're going to have a really hard time talking someone into buying something. Um, but two, like if you do the proper vetting, by the time you get to talk about the sales conversation, nothing's a shock. They're ready to hand you a check. Yeah. We talk about money pricing, 
everything in between early and often with not only our students, but back when we were working one-on-one with clients, like as early as we could drop how much you should expect to spend with us, we did that because we, we have never been in the believers of like hiding behind closed doors, how much it is, you know, to unlock this thing that you want in your business. Like if this isn't even in your ballpark, then move on. But we can absolutely tell you why it's worth this amount of money. And so if you're ready to have that conversation, let's chat. And how did you learn that process and get better at it over, I guess, yeah. the months of your business? So I would say, I think I'll, I pulled a lot of selling strategies from what I learned as a photographer when I really, truly wanted to take myself seriously. I was in an industry where if there are any other photographers listening, you know what I'm talking about when I say like moms with a camera, right? The mom gets like a Canon for Christmas or for Mother's Day and all of a sudden she thinks she can, you know, take pictures of everyone in the entire town and she's going to be this great photographer. And so she either works for free or she charges like 75 bucks. And that is like who a lot of photographers are up against when they're first starting and they think that those type of people are their competition. So they also only charge $75. But if you finally get out of the headspace that that's actually not your competition whatsoever, then you can kind of start taking it seriously, which is what I finally did after like a year of making that mistake. So I started learning truly, how do you sell an experience? Because this is a product that isn't going to make you money, right? If you're buying pictures or buying a session with your family or buying canvases in your house, it's not going to make you money. It's not going to make you lose weight, right? It's not going to do the things that typical, like, oh, you need to find the solution that this thing is providing. It's making people feel good. And so how do you like capitalize on that? So since I learned that and did it really well in my photography business, I mean, landing like, like, $10,000 contracts with a family that I like for the first time ever when I should not have been really paid that much, like was outstanding. And so taking a lot of the like, yeah, but here's how you'll feel when you invest in this. And here's why you need to invest in this. Taking a lot of that experience and that storytelling and marrying it with like what Abby was talking about and saying, well, when you actually have a branded website, here's how much money you could make from that. And when you have branded images of your product, here's how much you could charge now. And when you have, you know, enlisting the things that we could provide from them, here's the direct ROI on that. So now let's talk about the value of what we're offering you. And tell me how your business has evolved. So you guys started out service-based, you team up. I mean, you guys are running your own service-based industries, your own service-based businesses, and then you team up and then you are bringing in $200,000 in under a year. But now today you guys are doing something very different with Boss Project that used to be Think Creative Collective, which is well-known. So tell me kind of how it has evolved in the past three and a half years or so. So I think something to like keep in mind is while we were doing all this stuff with the service side of things and selling locally and like really getting to know our clients, we were, I would say almost on accident, but really because that's where our passion lied, building another business simultaneously. Um, The people that were following us on Instagram or reading our blog or you know, even later joining our Facebook group, they weren't our ideal client. They were someone else entirely. We were building an audience to eventually sell to. We didn't know that's what we were doing at the time. We were just super passionate about teaching. And so 
we just poured into this community that we built for ourselves because we felt like it was missing. And we eventually pivoted to be an education company and really truly take everything we had learned along the way um, and turn around and teach it. And then since then have also started to share the stage with other amazing entrepreneurs that are super smart in their specific niche. And we're bringing them to you guys in a bunch of different ways. Like we have them as guests on our podcasts or we bring them as guest experts on our paid programs. Um, We interview them or have them teach specific things inside of our online summits. And it's definitely evolved. It didn't happen all at once. It definitely took time. The, you know, scaling process and the, what we were selling and what our ultimate product was like, it all had phases. You have to keep in mind, we've been in business for a while. And honestly, a year can change everything. Mm-hmm. Now tell me how you guys are helping people to do what you guys did from the very beginning. Yeah. Well, so well, when we really like sat down and asked ourselves, like, how can we be the people who are serving and how can we, yes, use our platform to bring other people in front of our audience, but you know, what, what do we serve here and how can we help? Um, and the questions that we get asked the most are turning service-based businesses into profitable and sustainable streams of income. And when we see so many people in our community starting business the hard way and knowing that like truly with a couple of months and a couple of strategic decisions and foundations laid that they can really turn things around and see profit faster and build a business from their passion that enables them to unlock greater impacts and pivot to their dream business or whatever it may be for them. Like we, we truly decided that we needed to really hone in on that and share it. And so our like mission now, not only is by providing our platform for all of these other resources for creatives, but how we're showing up is truly how to show service-based businesses, how to reach six figures in their first year or within just 12 months of them really starting client work. And we've developed like some really, really easy methods to, to teach that. And I think it's like, it's being super impactful in this industry. But if you're like interested more in that process or you're like, how the heck did you get clients like before even having your first website or before you like went out and did all these things, we wrapped it all up in like a pretty bow for you. Um, you can go watch our online masterclass over at oneweektoclients.com and we're like walking you through all of that. You can watch it on demand at your leisure. So just head over there be bop in and we'll be excited to teach you more about that process. I love that. And I will link to that in the show notes. That is one week to clients.com. I'm also going to link to the strategy hour podcast because that's where you can find Abigail and Emily and more of their amazingness. And you can play that game where you try to guess whose voice is whose, if you haven't figured it out already, <laughs> <laughs> but I love that you guys are going back to this and teaching this because I feel like, and, and I'm sure you probably agree with me on this sentiment, that today it is just so easy for anybody to post anything online and people are just pretending to be experts in things that they just have no freaking clue about. And I'm a big believer in practicing what I preach. That's why I'm still on TV. That's why I still contribute to many outlets online because if I'm telling you I can get you on podcasts or I can get you on TV or I can get you a contributor role somewhere, then I should be doing that myself. 
And I love that that you both are practicing what you preach and then you're going back and showing people, this is what I did and I'm going to show you exactly how to do it because I feel like there are just not enough people doing that in online business today. Yes. Preach, honey. Yeah, we so we so appreciate that and I I'm I'm excited to do it. Like honestly, it gives me all the feels like going back in time and really kind of taking apart everything we did and making it super actionable for you. Love it. Well, thank you so much ladies again. Everybody head to the show notes and check out oneweektoclients.com and if you want more of Abigail and Emily, then you got to subscribe to the Strategy Hour podcast, and that is also linked in the show notes. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. You can get all of the details to the Strategy Hour podcast, as well as that one week to clients course. You definitely want to jump in on that. That is a free course. Oneweektoclients.com is where you can get that. Abigail and Emily, thank you so much for joining me here on the Become a Media Maven podcast. And if you are not already following me on all of the socials, make sure you look out for me. I am at Christina All Day on Instagram and Twitter, and I actually respond to people. I don't just post and ghost on my social. I am actually social on social media. So leave me a comment, send me a DM, tweet me, hit me up slide into my DMs, however you do. Come say hi on Instagram or Twitter. And then if you're listening to this on your phone and you can grab a screen grab, then share it and tag me and then I'll retweet you or I will share it on my stories and let me know what you're doing as you listen. Are you working out? Are you putting your makeup on? That's usually what I do when I listen. Let me know and I will see you next week. Do you want a little tease for next week? I'm talking to my friend, Cyan. Cyan, she doesn't live in South Florida anymore. She did. Um, She's up in Jacksonville now. And Cyan and I met years ago at like a local blogging meetup. She was working full-time. You're going to love her story. Okay, I'm going to give you a big tease now. She was working full-time helping a company with their marketing and their branding. And then she was branding for clients on the side. And then she ended up leaving her full-time job to take her business full-time and she had a plan people like she had a six month out and she told her boss look I'm building a business on the side and I'm leaving in six months and she made it happen so she's going to tell us all about her story I love it I love it Cyan um but again make sure you head to becomeamediamaven.com so you can check out those show notes and learn more about my girls Abigail and Emily I hope you all have a good week. And I don't know about you. I don't know where you're going to be in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be in Orlando at Podcast Movement. If you're going to be there, hit me up. I would love to meet up and say hi. And um, until then, in the meantime, I will see you next week with my friend Cyan.